Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. How dare you start the podcast like that? Just before we came on, you started the podcast like this. All right, then, let's get it recorded, or let's get it started. I was like, Christopher... We both give up our time and we both love this project. All right, Sunshine? And you might be very busy at the moment and I might be less busy. But listen, Sunshine, we are entertaining the world, all right? The world, Chris. The world. The world. (laughs) It's hard to appreciate entertaining the world when you're tucked up in a Tokyo hotel room. It's true, With just a nice coffee and loneliness. Um, (laughs) Well, maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll do some kind of live stage show in... uh, in, in Shibuya at uh, that east place. Yeah, I wonder how that would turn out. <laughs> Standing on the roof of the like the little building, the big building in Shinjuku to a crowd of unmasked followers. <laughs> yeah. That'd be quite fun. I'd like that. Do that in a few weeks. Yeah. And we're over here, we can turn dream into reality. Just go, yeah, just is there a speaker's corner I mean, in Yogi Park we could just stand in and just do our little show? Yeah, we could do... There's, there's a nice little... There's a nice place by the water in the Yogi Park. We, we mm. can do it there. If we were ever going to do a meet-up in one place in Tokyo, I reckon Yogi Park would be just the ticket. Get the mm. beers in. You could bring the beers in <laughs> from oh. the UK. Okay, get a yeah, cider, ciders, bring yeah. it down. Bring some cheese over. Job done. <laughs> you always see in Yogi Park, in Yogi Park in the, um, near the water, you always see um, little girls practising dance moves. Little, um, you know, people who yeah. want to be idols doing dances. And I, I once walked, had a very relaxing walk through Yogi Park. Um, and yes, I did enjoy a particular ice cream brand at one point. Um, and uh, there was an old man just by himself playing a kind of like fluty whistle sort of thing. And it was like, this is like a fucking Zelda side quest or something. Fluty <laughs> whistle. <sighs> I, yeah, I like Yogi Park. It's, um, I remember going there a year ago, just I think I was really hungover. And you know when you're kind of hungover, you get mm. up maybe a bit too early and you sort of stumble around, bleary-eyed, not yeah. really knowing what's going on. You're completely out of it. And I kind of had this meditative stroll through Yoyogi Park. And it is really nice. You've yeah. got people, as you say, dancing away to crappy J-pop music. You've got 
guys doing exercises, like old men exercising and drinking beer really early in the morning. It's just a nice <laughs> microcosm of Japanese society, and it's all happening at Yogi Park. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's lovely. And there, there's there's some um, nice little... You'll occasionally get this. I think there's a big... Is there a big table tennis stadium near there? Like a little kind of arena uh, near Yogi, Yogi Park. And, and there's a... Um, there's always... A, like there's a bandstand and a stage and stuff uh, just just in the middle of Yogi Park, I think. Uh, and the nice thing is you... Um, oh, oh, before you get to Yogi Park, possibly, if, if you walk mm. through Shibuya up the hill... Um, Walk towards Yogi Park the hill. on a weekend. There's usually like um, craft fairs and um, food markets and antique fairs and stuff like that. Um, and and I love an antique fair. I love basically I love mooching around people's houses. So it, an antique fair is ideal for me because it's just someone's house that's been sick. You are the antique Pete. <laughs> Roadie. I uh, sp- I mean yeah. I mean, we should we should go for a walk there when you're over here mm. in a few weeks. Yeah, reset go for a, a nice bit. little stroll. Yeah, film it. Do the podcast. Do the podcast in the park. Well, we All need to well, stick a microphone uh, in front of us. Job done. Exactly. I was thinking I'll bring my little recorder and we'll do a couple on location. We'll go into a Seven Eleven. <laughs> we'll have a little chat in Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be fun. A broad Japan podcast on the go. <laughs> yeah, edition. definitely. Well, one thing we won't be doing when you're here, Pete, is of course going to the Pizza Vending Machine. What? Um, now, you might recall, ladies and gentlemen, from a previous podcast, the r- long-running saga of the Pizza Vending Machine. There was a Pizza Vending Machine in Hiroshima. We were all very excited about it. We went to it. We filmed it. It was glorious. And then about two weeks after I filmed it, it went. It magically disappeared. Loads of people went to see it and annoyed, like, sent messages to me um, being annoyed that this, this glorious Pizza Vending Machine was no longer there. And then, just today on the Abroad in Japan fax machine email address. Uh, we got a message from Matt, and he, it reads, Hey, Chris and Pete, I was picking up a package at a pick-up point. That's a bloody hell, that's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> a lot of I was picking up a package at a pick-up point located a next penguin. door to a filming studio. <laughs> it's like Peter Piper picked a <laughs> fucking pepper or whatever it was. I was picking up... Why am I doing it again? I was picking up a package at a pick-up point. You did very well, Chris. I love it. To, to, a filming, to a filming studio in Toronto. And as I turned around the corner in the back of the building, in the shared parking lot, was a pizza vending machine. What? It's in Toronto. What's it doing there? Somebody nicked it. Some Canadians turned up to Hiroshima and nicked it. <laughs> uh, I asked the lady who worked at the pickup point what it was doing there, and apparently, late at night, when all the actors and crew are hungry and everything is closed, they can walk outside and get a pizza in three minutes for just ten Canadian dollars. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't get to try it because I was on my bicycle and I had a big package to cycle home with, uh, so carrying two boxes of pizzas would have been difficult. But just know that the pizza vending machine is there is <laughs> a dream. A real dream. Love the podcast, you guys. Keep my dream of going to Japan alive while I work at my job. Um... And so there we have it, the pizza vending machine. It's no longer in Hiroshima. No. If you live in Toronto, and I know a lot of listeners on this podcast are in Toronto, you can go and try it for yourself. So well That's done to whoever, yeah. to whoever nicked that and the, stole it. I, I, it I, I think there's probably more than one pizza vending machine. I mean, it's an ingenious idea. No. I didn't even think about the out-of-hours aspect of it. only one. <laughs> yeah. The podcast pizza machine well, that was package picking up a package. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was a good little <laughs> bit of exercise there. Um, yeah, I, I, there's a, there must be only one pizza vending machine in the world, and I think that's it. And I'd like to think <laughs> that it has been stolen, and I'd like to think that that Kidnapped. is the end of the saga. I don't think we'll ever talk. This, basically, this, this podcast seems to be literally just you and I discussing pizza vending machines and coolish ice cream. Um, 
but I think we can close the chapter on the Pizza Vending Machine saga once and for all. The Pizza Vending Machine mm. is now in Toronto. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Well, let's you, never speak of it again. You say it like that, but people are obsessed with, you know, Avengers films where it looks like it's going to be the end and then you go through the titles and then there's like a, a coming next time kind of situation. Um, well, how would the duck head I'd pretty much up? drawn a line under this story uh, last week or the other week when we discussed this. I didn't think it would uh, rear its head in Toronto. Nice <laughs> people want uh, it. People want the pizza vending machine. They do, they do. Um, I, actually, Matt, the, the guy that sent us this story and the, the cheeky little tongue twister that went with it, uh, also left, left a little PS at the bottom. Hmm. Um, he says, fun fact, when you Google Abroad in Japan, the third recommendation is Abroad in Japan podcast email because Uh-oh. I think people want to get it right. Uh, I, I recommend you guys put it somewhere for ease of copy and paste. No. I like the Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com email address. It's cumbersome for a reason. It's cumbersome <laughs> so we get the cream of the crop, the yeah. very best stories it's like and the, questions. Um, it's, like the, it's like the dark souls of email addresses. It's difficult, but it, oh, it's rewarding when you get there. Abroad in Japan, Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. It's easy. Abroad in Japan is the name of the show. What is it? It's a podcast at Google opened an email company 20 years ago. <laughs> There we go. It's yeah. You know you've got a problem when we have to describe at great length the uh, the contact team. I'm all about mnemonics. You know me. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I have some sad, terrible news this week. Oh. Um, have you ever heard of Kumamon, Pete? Kumamon. I, 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 to be honest, uh, there is a ramen shop around the corner from me that has a big old drawing of Kum- Kumamon in uh, in the window. You cannot escape that weird black <laughs> bear with red cheeks. I presume he's a bear. <laughs> I think he's a bear. No, I mean, Kuma means bear, and uh, Mons means monster. Pokemon, Kumamon. Ah, uh, um, bear monster. What do you know of Kumamon? What do you know of him? Um, he's just everywhere. He's just he's ubiquitous. You can't really go anywhere. I thought he was. I thought he was uh, the mascot of a train, but turns out I don't think he Close. was. Um, but well, he just he's just he like was, this. He's just everywhere. That guy. He was created after the kind of in relation with the train the uh, the bullet train line to Kumamoto in uh. Kyushu opened in 2010 and to kind of promote that that the fact that Kumamoto was now accessible by the common man uh, and woman uh, they made a <laughs> mascot um, to promote it and Kumamon mm. was that mascot it's clever because he's Kuma which is a bear uh, but Kumamoto Kumamon kind of works in several ways mm. but since 2010 he's actually become Japan's number one uh, mascot. He's worth $1.2 billion to the local economy. Um, and that is mental, given that he's just a picture of a bear, a cheeky looking bear. Well, I've, I've, um, seen his, um, I've seen his music. I like it. There's a couple of songs that he does. I think one's called Kumamon Mon. Kumamon Mon. Uh, and he just dances around a temple, I think, and uh, uh, talks about his mother and his father and stuff. It's all very confusing. <laughs> Sounds riveting. Sounds really good. Um, the th- well, that's the, the genius of Kumamon, and the reason it's done so well um, is apparently not not only is it really cute and cuddly and brilliant, but also uh, they gave the uh, the Kumoto actually let lets anybody use Kumamon's image as they see fit, as long as it promotes their goods or products or ah. services. Anybody can use Kumamon. There's no like licensing rules or anything like that. I see. And that's why he's kind of spread everywhere. He's on T-shirts in Tokyo and Kyoto. You can get him anywhere. Usually, it's quite hard to uh, 
come by a mascot in Japan, unless you're in the local area. But Kumamon is, as you said, ubiquitous. He is everywhere. But the bad news is... Uh, they wanted to get Kumamon running with the Olympic torch uh, next year when the when the Olympics rolls into town. They wanted him to have the torch to run through the streets of Kumamoto with it, but apparently they're not going to let him do that um, as they have an, they have a problem with a huge clumsy bear running around with an open flame. Admittedly, he is highly flammable, but still, I'm sure they could find a way of doing it. Could I don't they think not they rule it out? Could they not fireproof him? Could they not sort of douse him in like um, gel, <laughs> like they do with in, shampoo? In, yeah, or douse him in like um, not kerosene. That would be the complete opposite of what you wanted to do. Um, <laughs> wax? Can you not wax him up so he doesn't uh, he doesn't burn or anything? There's there's surely a way of making him fire retardant. <laughs> I think that might uh, might. Not do much, might not do many favours for the image of Kumamon. Yeah, I, I don't think. And wax some fire retardant <laughs> material. I don't think that um, uh, if you're selling someone a costume, it should in any way be flammable anyway. Why is it even flammable? <laughs> Unbelievable. Kumamoto. Kumamon. Oh, poor chap. Sad news there. Sad news indeed. Will he be able to do some, <laughs> will he be able to do some like uh, hurdles or something or like little jog around the, the, the thing for the Olympics? Surely, surely. Well, I don't know what they're planning on doing. Yeah, I think he's just literally just going to run through the town for like five minutes with a torch. Mm. Um, would be quite the imagery. <laughs> Actually, the the Olympic flame is uh, all coming all around Japan. It's going to be passing right past Natsuki's house, I think. Yeah. So next year, when it when it does happen, he's uh, dragged me. He's going to drag me over to his house. We're going to try and film it from his window, <laughs> or we might, if we could be bothered, Got we might actually it. leave his house and go to the road. <laughs> but the window's probably better. Yeah. Oh, good news. Yeah, but there you go. Poor old Kuma Mom. Mm. Well, I did actually feature him in a recent video as well, so I'm going to plug my new video. Go and check that out. Next ep- like the recent episode of Journey Across Japan. If you want to see what this bear looks like, mm. I went and checked him out. I was in Kumoto, lovely town. Um, it's got one of the nicest castles in Japan, but it looks like it's been bombed because uh, of the earthquake a right. few years ago. It really did level like, the city and the castle itself. Uh, it looks like it's been in a war. It looks like it's been some sort of battle, which kind of gives it quite a cool look to it. It's mm. not often... Like, if you go to a Japanese castle, usually they kind of look perfect, right? Yeah. They're immaculate. They've been rebuilt a thousand times. They kind of look almost too perfect uh, in contrast to British castles, which kind of wrecked and a bit old, and they look kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, because this one's been blown apart in the earthquake, it's it's quite a sight to see. Um, so for that reason alone, definitely check out the video on Abroad Japan. But uh, and, but they're going to repair it, which I think is actually sad in some ways, because it's just going to look like another, just another Japanese castle. Mm. They can they can be a little samey, the old castles, can't they? I, I think, I think what did yeah. I read recently um, about the um, Japanese architecture in the hall is, uh, it's, is it Wabarbi or uh, Wahabi or... Either way, it was like... Um, uh, part of it sort of meant like imperfect or gloriously imperfect, like a, a beautiful kind of like imperfection, make it look really like less than uniform uh, right. and stuff like that, which I really Wabi quite sabi. like. Wabi sabi, that's it. There Wabi we go. Wabi sabi. It rhymes. Yeah. Very interesting. It's easy way to remember it. <laughs> Did I tell you, I uh, when I applied for the Japan Exchange teaching program mm. and I went in for my uh, interview in London as an English teacher, mm. I talked about I had to talk about Wabi Sabi as I'd very stupidly put on my application form that it's like the one book about Japan that I'd read I thought I'd be clever <laughs> hadn't even really read the book I read like the first five pages about Wabi Sabi it's kind of a Buddhist 
aesthetic um, where you see the beauty in things that are imperfect, as yeah. you mentioned. Like, uh, yeah, things like a an old chipped cup or an old chipped bit of pottery. Mm. You're supposed to see the beauty in something like that. Um, and I had to talk about that. And they asked me to define Wabi Sabi. But because I hadn't read the book, I literally just went, oh, Wabi Sabi. This is something Ooh, you, you can't really sabi. describe it, can you? You can't really describe it. <laughs> you sound and like the, the, the Japanese guy was like, you're right, yeah, you can't, it's difficult. And <laughs> I actually passed on using that excuse, well, um, I think, using that well, description. So well, just I think, talk about um, Wabi Sabi. If well, I you've think got an Wabi Sabi. For the Jet program, an interview. Well, I think Wabi Sabi is like uh, the Sabi bit, certainly you can't really translate it properly. But um, you're going, oh, Wabi Sabi sounds like the end of Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Abby Sabby. Alright. <laughs> I don't know how you got that comparison. Oh, dear. Okay. On the um oh. on the come on, come on uh, thing, I really like in that in the new story about come on, I was reading. Um according to application rules, potential torch runners must have been born by uh, b- born before uh, the 1st of April 2008. And considering that Kumamon is a timeless creature oh, yeah. with no known date of birth, his application is already fraught with complications. <laughs> so he's, he's screwed for many reasons. Yeah, oh, he's uh, two years too young to be a torch runner. <laughs> Maybe that's the real reason, instead of <laughs> the fact that he might be a highly flammable bear. Very enjoyable. There you go. Um, we've got some nice questions here in the fax machine this Machine. week. The first one is from Justin. Uh, I think it's a story, actually. So, hey, Chris and Pete. Mm. Listening to this week's podcast about scams inspired to share the tale of the time I was invited to join a cult in Japan. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about, uh, in a podcast, we talked about four of the most common scams in Japan. And since then, we've had lots of uh, interesting stories. And Justin's story here is about uh, religious... <laughs> A religious scam. Uh, it says, I'd been in Nagoya for a few days and was just coming down from a pretty serious illness. I used my newfound health to wander around a nice park somewhere in town. There was a big fountain in the middle of the park, and while I was standing there taking a picture of it, a very friendly pair of people approached me to ask if I'd like to do some meditation with them. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Who doesn't love a little bit of meditation? <laughs> uh, having absolutely nowhere to be and being genuinely curious about how it would all turn out, I said yes. We sat down on the edge of the fountain and they told me to close my eyes, which I only partially did, keeping one eye slightly open because I wasn't actually in the mood for being stabbed. Uh, <laughs> after a few minutes of sitting there together, they asked me if I would talk to someone on the phone. One of them handed me the phone where somebody was already on the other end of the line waiting to talk to me. They asked me if I wanted to join their church, to which I replied, no, several times. After finally getting off the phone, the woman was very insistent that I go and get in their van with them and drive to their compound, which they assured me was only 10 minutes away. At this point, I was no longer curious. I was certain I was going to be turned into a skin suit or grounded down into a sausage. <laughs> so much great imagery here. Um, I told them no. And just like Pete, I said I was meeting a friend. Eventually, I managed to break free. And after taking a few minutes to collect my thoughts, it was all just very funny. But I was genuinely a bit freaked out after a few minutes. Anyway, just wanted to share the funny and potentially life-threatening experience that I had. <laughs> really love the podcast, Justin. That's magnificent, Justin. In the, in the words of the SNL sketch, nothing good ever happens in a van. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, that's it's just nothing one of the more ever happens in a van that's good. Uh, there seems to be a lot of the, a lot of people getting in touch that they've, you know, been indoctrinated or um, you know tried to be uh, recruited into a cult. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, honestly. It's, it's really common. I, I, there was quite a few this week, actually. I think that was my favourite one. But uh, yeah, there were loads people just walking around yeah. Tokyo. 
I think the the sad reality is if somebody comes and talks to you, talks to you in general in Japan, a stranger, mm. you you start to feel kind of like something's wrong because it's so yeah. rare, you know, for that to happen. So when a stranger does talk to you, you kind of think, oh god, what's about to happen? And <laughs> nine times out of ten, it is just a cult, a really weird cult uh, wants to drag you off and indoctrinate you into their so, religion. Look, if they're going to sponsor my visa, I'll join their bloody cult. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Could be quite funny though. We should, uh, when you're over here, and we'll add this to our very long list of things Cult we should met. do when you're over here. We'll stick a GoPro in your hair, or it's somewhere where we can hide it, and then we'll send you into a cult and see what happens. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll shave my head, and I'll never be seen of again. And you won't ever not do the podcast with you. I have to do it with Natsuki. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, still, could be quite interesting to see what really goes on behind closed doors. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Little pen camera. Don't look at the hats, Homer Simpson style. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. We got an email from Joshua. Hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Joshua from Nashville, Tennessee. Beautiful part of the world. I have been there several times and it is brilliant. Uh, I've been planning a trip to Tokyo for the past 10 months. 
and keeping up the uh, keeping up with the podcast as well as YouTube during my research. This time next week, I'll be at the airport in Toronto when the new episode releases. I've hit a snag in my planning though, as apparently robots or people with very fast uh, internet bought all of the Ghibli tickets before me at the uh, dates I am there. So now I'm looking for a cool hidden gem to experience in or very near Tokyo. Any suggestions, Joshua? Oh God. This is I always mean, a common one, isn't it? It's, 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 I mean, it's just, just, I mean, just go everywhere. <laughs> just go everywhere. Go to that weird bar that you recommended with the, um, with the weird, with the weird man. Go and see him. Where else is that? He's a weird uh, man. He comes out of puppets, and he's. Uh, you imagine he might be quite <laughs> abusive after a few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could recommend that place, uh, but yeah, if you want to try somewhere interesting that will change your outlook on life. Uh, perspective on existence go to Kagaya Bar in Shimbashi um, <laughs> I would advise watching a video about it first on YouTube to prepare yourself um, but that's one place it is indeed where is good in Tokyo I, people always ask me for these hidden spots hidden locations and I don't really know like where um, like all the people that live in Tokyo go to nice places like Shimokitazawa or Kichijoji with these, these or or um, Nakano Broadway. Mm. Uh, Nakano Broadway has got loads of cool shops and otaku stuff. Yeah, I've often heard it being described as Akihabara, but good. Um, <laughs> I've never actually been, but everyone always loves it, and I yeah. really, really need to I've, go. I've, I've been. They've been got a really, yeah, they've got a bit. They've got a really big mandarek which uh, sells old resin and plastic toys from the seventies, um, which I enjoy immensely. If you want to buy Mothra, if you want to buy 70s. fifteen different, if you want to buy fifteen different Mothras for a hundred yen, hundred thousand yen each, um, that's your place. <laughs> if you want to buy uh, Neo Geo games from the nineties that cost over a thousand pounds, there's your place. But it is good. It's very very interesting, but quite expensive. Speaking of Mothra, did you watch the new Godzilla film? I've not seen the new Godzilla film. Is it any good? Is it uh, is it setting the world alight over there? I would give the film a oh, one out that of low, ten. Eh? It's really quite bad. I just got so bored. I quite yeah. like the 2014 one. Um, was it Gareth Edwards? I was thought it was all right, but this one, it just it's really bad. Mm. Which is a real shame because it's got a hell of a cast. It's got Charles Dance of Game of Thrones fame, who only has about two lines. Sally Hawkins from Shape of Water and Thomas Middleditch from Silicon oh, okay, Valley, right, yeah. and of course. Ken Watanabe mm. as well, thrown in for good measure. But still, not even this incredible cast can save it <laughs> from just a shocking script yeah. where most of the on-screen characters have to tell you the plot, have to tell you what's happening because the CGI is so confusing. It's difficult to know what's going on. In fact, just after 20 minutes, I was pretty bored, uh, which is very rare for a film. I don't normally get bored that quickly. In fact, I even read an interview with mm. Charles Dance, and uh, I think he said he even fell asleep during the premiere. So, tells you all you need to know, really. Don't bother watching <laughs> it; save your money. The um, the uh, wasn't there a um, Godzilla film um, about what, five years ago now? I think that was kind of um, it was basically almost like the thick of it, kind of. Um, uh, in the loop oh, the kind Japanese of thing one. the Japanese one where it was just like the, the administrative side of a uh, uh, government that basically it was, a, it was basically a documentary about um, mm. what would happen if Godzilla attacked and how slow the gears of government can sometimes uh, grind <laughs> uh, and basically this basically yeah. like a, a, a um, the government trying to deal with a threat of a big monster and them just failing massively <laughs> Yeah, I haven't actually seen that. It's called <laughs> that's that's Shin Godzilla. That's the mm. Japanese one, and 
I've actually heard pretty good things about that one. The whole film tends yeah. to focus on the politicians and how to deal with this gigantic monster tearing up all of Tokyo, um, which sounds a lot more politically mm. intriguing than the contrived plot of Godzilla, King of the Disappointment. Should probably make an effort right. and go and watch it at some well, point. Like, Have you seen what? it, Pete? Have you seen it yourself? I've not seen it, no. But it, but it kind of reminds me of um, a little bit like uh, Chernobyl, the uh, obviously the HBO Sky uh, TV uh, drama that we're both watching at the moment. It's very um, it's very tense, but also it's just yeah. people who are out of their f- like out of their uh, pay grade, just going, oh god, I d- I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. <laughs> this is a real big mess. Yeah, Chernobyl's actually been... If you haven't watched this, guys, do check out Chernobyl, HBO. Really good series. It was, it's been kind of the light at the end of the tunnel of bad bad crap I've watched this week. <laughs> I watched one of the new Black Mirror episodes, the one with Miley Cyrus, and it was just fairly underwhelming. Although Miley Cyrus's performance was yeah. pretty good, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Black Mirror and Charlie Brooker, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a letdown. So Chernobyl... Oh. That put a smile on my face. It was bloody brilliant, even mm. if it was lots of people dying of radiation. It was actually really well made. Highly recommend checking it out. Absolutely. Yeah. But don't watch Godzilla. <laughs> don't That's watch Godzilla. Um, Alfie Rolf. Hello, Alfie Rolf. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. I'm going on holiday to Kyoto this <laughs> November uh, with my mother, but I want to go to a maid cafe. What do you think I can tell my mum to convince her to go to one with me? I also want to go to a hentai manga store, but that's a challenge for another day. Oh, Alfie. God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just... She's in for a treat. She's in for a treat. I mean, the, the, on the second problem, just send her to a coffee shop or get up early. When, she's, when she wants a little nap, because, you know, as we get a little bit older, we want a little nap, um, and then sneak off. But, I mean, it sounds like you're slightly young, Elfie Rolf, and we may be exposing yeah, you as a hentai, uh, hentai man. <laughs> I wonder if he can... How would he convince his mum to go to May Cafe? Maybe he could sort of say something like, oh, it's like a traditional geisha performance, but in the modern era. Yeah, and that's mum a good might idea. think, oh, yeah, culture, and then go. But... Other than that, I don't think she'd really appreciate it. I mean, yeah, but it's just like, uh, I mean, it's nothing sexual. It's just a bit, you just pick one that's um, where they're fully clothed. It must be like a ninja maid cafe or something. It must be something like... Ninja maid cafe? Yeah, where it's less sexy. Yeah, well, I don't know. If if somebody said, Pete, open a maid cafe, I'd be like, all right, fine, ninja's in that room. Um, Godzilla's in that one. (laughs) What are the Japanese like? (laughs) Have you heard of these um these butler cafes where it's right. kind of like a maid cafe but with guys instead yeah. I, mean, I remember reading one about foreign guys it was like just staffed by foreign guys mm. dressed as butlers and they have to play the role the same sort of do the same sort of monotonous crap you'd find in a maid cafe i'm um, for that you know i mean they could have yeah. just they could have just it could have just been a nice restaurant it's <laughs> <laughs> got a restaurant if you want waiters just got a restaurant <laughs> yeah but good luck getting your mum there, Alfie Rolf. Um, I hope she appreciates it. Probably don't take her to the hentai manga store. That might ruin her image of Japan somewhat. <laughs> uh, we've got one from uh, Dan from Australia. Hi, guys. Ooh. Apologies if you've covered this topic before, as I'm still binging my way through all of the lovely Abroad Japan content recently on the Magnificent WrestleMe podcast. That's your podcast, Pete. Mm. Another one of your podcasts and your podcast Never stop pardoning me. Pete touched on the subject of Avril Lavigne's Hello Kitty track and mentioned the backlash she received for cultural appropriation as well as the subculture that it borrowed from before stating that the Japanese themselves don't actually take much of an issue 
with this. I would love to hear you both dive a little bit deeper into this, as it had me wondering if underground and subcultures are similar to what we know in the Western world, and whether they experience the same kind of gatekeeping and tribalism we see, with example, geek culture. As someone who liked the track far too much, ironically, then unironically, and now publicly, (laughs) I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. Love listening to the podcast. Dan from Australia. Oh, man. That's always the journey, isn't it? That's always the journey, though, isn't it? Like, you you like something... Uh, ironically and then you're like oh I quite like this it's like uh, I remember seeing an onion headline um, man enjoys pornography bought for ironic purposes uh, unironically <laughs> or something <laughs> like basically a bloke had had a party and somebody had just brought around a porno for a joke and um, and then he enjoyed <laughs> it unironically <laughs> you how do you feel about this uh, this song to, to fill people in on the song Hello Kitty basically it's Avril Lavigne and she's in Harajuku isn't she dancing mm. around with some women yeah. acting kind of like robots in this kind mm. of really robotic manner a bit like Japanese shop staff I guess you know where you don't actually talk like a person you kind of have those set phrases you use um, I don't know if it's cultural appropriation uh, we, we all ranted and raved about it in the West, but Japan really didn't care. They loved that song. Mm. I thought it was the worst song ever made by humans. <laughs> and I remember playing it to Natsuki, and he nearly punched me in the face when he heard it. He was like, why would you, why would you make me hear this? Why would you make me listen to this crap? Um, it's, a, it's not a great song, but go and check it out and give your thoughts on it. Is it cultural appropriation? Mm. What do you think, Pete? It, it sounded very um, it sounded very Japanese, and I think people were just a bit like, oh, this is just a cynical cash grab. But it's got a lot of fans out there, and pop music is invariably a cynical cash grab anyway. Uh, and Hello Kitty and, 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 you know, Hello Kitty and A Sweet Shop, and um, it, it's hardly high cultural appropriation. We ain't talking about Native American headdresses here. We're talking about Hello Fucking Kitty. So... <laughs> I'm and I'm and and in any of these situations, you you know what it's like, Chris. Like the Japanese don't seem to give a shit. Like you know they're happy when, you know, yeah, they, they, when Ghost when Ghost in the Shell came out and and there was nary a, um, an Asian actor in there, um, Scarlett Johansson and uh, the bloke out of Game of Thrones. Um, nobody gave a shit. Like it's a, a purely. Mm. So I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that um, we imagine that the Japanese are. Um, up in arms about it but they're, they're clearly not they, they couldn't give a toss oh no I don't care yeah. no. I in Avril, Lafine, Avril Lavigne's defence <laughs> and it's a sad day that I have to yeah. defend Avril Lavigne mm. uh, she does actually really like Japan I think she's got a, a deep love of Japanese culture um, so I, I, does that excuse her she seems to come over to Japan in fact there's a commercial with her in it right now um, where she's advocating the use of some sort of air cleaning product that's right. all around Japan. Um, but yeah, she, she loves Japan, so, yeah. I'd love a bit it's of that. I'd like love a little this. job like that where you just pop over for a little while, do a um, lost in translation, a couple of adverts, and then sod off home. Beautiful, beautiful. You play your cards right, Pete. The day <laughs> might arrive, somehow. That could be that could be a fun documentary, trying to make you famous in Japan. Mm, trying to make me an idol. I was reading about this. Yeah. Uh, the, the one of the Shibuya ward uh, government officials was an idol who used to work in Shibuya quite a lot, um, and she's this kind of beautiful young woman. I don't know how old she is, but she's this. Uh, she's a one of the governors, or I'm not really sure how the how the wards work, but she's uh, she's the ward of of Shibuya, and she's uh, and she used to be an idol, and she's like a like a like oh, a wow. dancey dancey singing lady, uh, but now she's very serious about um, about Shibuya. And stuff, uh, but she's very um, progressive when it comes to uh, comparing her to any other Japanese politician. Very pro gay rights, yeah. etc. 
if you if you look at any photo of Japanese politicians, there's only ever like one woman in a sea of men. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you seen um, Have you seen the recent um, protests? That's one of the news stories that reached our shores. Certainly in the past couple of weeks, the uh, uh, women protesting to be allowed to use uh, to be allowed to wear flat shoes at work. Um, yeah, I did see that weird. briefly. I understand that um, one of the top ministers in the Japanese government said that. Or women should like said that high heels are appropriate in the workplace and should be worn or something ridiculous. Right. Do you know what what was the what was the story? I think I think it was just I think it was just uh, women were protesting that they shouldn't have to wear high heels at work. But I'm fairly certain. Do they have to not wear? Do they have to wear higher heels at work and not wear flats? It seems bizarre that you wouldn't be allowed to wear flats. Yeah. In the office. I, I, I don't. I don't know. But what I do, I do remember this this minister like just saying that women should be wearing high heels and that mm. caused. Even more outpouring of anger. Um, ministers have a tendency here to <laughs> cause a lot of problems with their Gaffs. with their outspoken views on things. <laughs> Fair play to them, but yeah, something to follow up on, isn't it? Something to look into. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but for now, though, keep the comments, questions, stories coming in to broadjapanpodcast at gmail dot com. Don't Google it, guys. You can do it. Try it. <laughs> Write it for yourself. But for now. Uh, we'll be back same time next week but for now no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world have a great week guys and we'll be back same time next Wednesday to do it all over again on the Born Japan podcast see you then hello kitty flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.